hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the childless not by choice women and men around the world. Savilla Morgan here. I am spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we did not have the children we so wanted. I would also like to thank everyone who listens and recognizes that we are not all living the same type of life. Welcome to episode 107. Well, as you heard back in episode 106, we have gone to one episode per month. And so this is the episode for March 2019. Thank you for your patience as we transition to a new way of doing things. And keep in mind that change is the only constant. So there will be more changes. There will always be changes as I continue to do the best I can with this platform and this podcast to make it and keep it relevant to the listeners and to those who are still battling with a broken heart, the broken heart that comes with being childless, not by choice. Well, this episode is chock full of great content, so let's get started. First, I want to tell you that I had the great opportunity to spend March 7th through the 9th at PodFest 2019. PodFest is a podcasting convention. It's a multimedia expo is what it's called. And they had their, they usually have their convention in the Orlando area. And this time it was down in the, I call it the busiest part of town, down where the tourists hang out. And so it was a great opportunity to get down to that side of town and uh, hang out with like-minded podcasters, people who have a message that they want to get out and have come to the realization that podcasting is the way to do that. I had a great time meeting new people, new friends, running into people that I listen to. I I listen, as some of you know, I listen to quite a few podcasts. And when I can get to uh, meet the podcasters, the hosts of those podcasts in person, I take that opportunity. And I geek out and I fan out. (laughs) I become a crazy geeky fan. But I just really love to be able to run into people face to face that I I respect their content so much. And going to podcasting events and conventions allows one to do that. I got some great pictures. Be sure to check out the show notes because I did put some pictures in there from the convention. And I did one, no, I did two lives from the convention. So if you follow me on Facebook, yeah, I I was going to say Instagram. I didn't put any on Instagram. But if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see the the lives that I did from PodFest Multimedia Expo. As I said, it was a great time. I actually spoke too. I don't remember if I mentioned it in a previous episode. I probably didn't. But I did what's called a pechacucha. And a pechacucha is where they give you five minutes. You get five minutes to get your content out. <laughs> and what they do is five minutes is, well, some of you may say, well, that's more than enough time to be standing in front of a group of people. But what they do in a pechacucha is they give you, let's make sure I've got this right. It's five minutes total. You get 20 slides and you get 15 seconds per slide. And uh, the slide moves by after 15 seconds, whether you're finished with the slide or not. (laughs) Talk about stress. Why I do these things to myself, I do not know. But it really was an opportunity to get to speak at a podcasting convention. So bucket list, check that off. And it gave me the opportunity 
to get way out, out of my comfort zone and do something that I never thought I would ever do. I mean, who would do that? <laughs> but lo and behold, the Pechacucha went from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. So tons of people took the opportunity to do that. And I'm glad I was one of them. And so, yes, I had a wonderful time at PodFest. And then moving right along, maybe, I don't know, a couple days after PodFest, So you're on the mountaintop, you know, at PodFest, at least I was. And I know a lot of people there were as well. I'm still like getting friend requests and sending friend requests and just like making friends with my new friends. (laughs) And I was actually even interviewed at PodFest. So when that comes out, I will let you know. This gentleman had been trying to get to uh, interview me for, he said a year. I didn't realize it was that long. But apparently it's been a year since we've been trying to get together to do an interview. And he finally just interviewed me right there in his booth at the convention. And so, yes, I'll let you know when that comes out. But then guess what? (laughs) A couple days after that, it's, it's got to be, couldn't have been more than a couple of days after that. And I'm not good with time. I just am not. But it seemed like really not long afterwards. I got booted from Facebook. I couldn't believe it. There was, it was like for an entire day, I was on in the morning and all of a sudden I couldn't get logged in on my phone, on my laptop. I just couldn't get logged in. I was like, what's going on? Somebody got into my account, what's happening? And I actually even out of frustration started the proceedings to follow the links for when you've been hacked. And I almost went through with it. And then I got this email from somebody I know. If I didn't know her, I would have thought maybe she was the one that scammed me. (laughs) Because I got an email saying, you've been blocked, haven't you? (laughs) The only thing you can do is be patient. She's a social media guru, basically. And so I trusted her wisdom, but I was just like really freaked out that she knew. And so apparently many people had been blocked that day. And no one really knows why still. I can't figure it out. I haven't really heard why, but apparently several people just could not get into their accounts. And then other people didn't even know what was going on. They were in their accounts as usual. And then Instagram went and I'm like, what is going on? But yes, keeping in mind, Instagram is owned by Facebook, but it was just really, really freaky to me that I couldn't get into Facebook and then I couldn't get into Instagram. But I spent most of the day not being able to get in. After I got her email, then I I calmed down a little bit and have another friend who still can't get into her account. So I don't know what's going on over there. But I eventually was able to get back in. But it really made me think of this. You guys know I've been trying to get you to come on over to the community on the website for the longest time. I'm telling you, if you're not already there, even if you don't go in there every day, just to know that you have an account set up, It's a free community. You just, you log in with your Facebook credentials or you can create your own login ID and password. So even if Facebook goes, you can set up your own personal login ID and password and then you're in the community and there is so much space over there. Just think of a house, the layout of a house. The community site is like a humongous mansion with so many rooms, so much space to grow because you can create different rooms based on topics and subject matter. And it's just over there, there are, I don't know, maybe 60 people over there. That's a lot, but I know that there are some communities with thousands of people. 
and uh, there are hundreds of you on the Facebook group. So let's do the math. If Facebook goes and I can't get in to tell you that I'm not on Facebook and you just wonder, well, I wonder what happened to Sevilla. If you're in the community, I could post over there, childlessnotbychoice.net. When you go to the website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, and you click on enter community, then that's where you can log in and see what's going on because that's where I'm going to be. And that's why it's so important to have your own website and have your own, you know, your own stuff so that if social media ever freaks out, if it ever goes and goes away, if somebody hacks in and takes over, you still have your own website to go to. So I would compel you to please come on over to the community, join the conversation over there. And of course, also subscribe to the newsletter. There's a newsletter and um, many of you are there, but also, most of the people on the newsletter are not in the Facebook group, believe it or not. So you have a couple of different ways outside of Facebook to stay connected and stay in community. Because as you know, I love community. I believe that community strengthens people. And as you very well know, in this day and age, with all the crazy things you're hearing on the news, there is bad community and there's good community. And of course, our community is good community. We are a way to get together and talk and commiserate and encourage each other through the times that we feel like we don't belong or we feel second class. We feel like we don't understand why we're on this planet if we weren't able to have children. Well, having a sense of community allows us to remind each other because we're all in different places in our journey that we're going to be okay. All will be well. We just have to make our way to that point in the journey where we turn the corner. And speaking of turning the corner, check out what I got from a work email. One of the managers at work, he puts out motivational things, I think on Mondays and Fridays or something. So he posted this on email the other day. It says, a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. I'll say that again. A bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. And that was said by Helen Keller. I'm sure many of you know who Helen Keller was. So in the next few minutes, I am going to tell you about some things that will help you make the turn instead of failing to make the turn. You see, we did not get to have the children we so wanted that is the bend in the road, but we can take that misfortune and turn the corner into the best, most joyful and relevant life that we can. When you drive a vehicle and you begin to skid, the professionals advise that you turn into, not away from the skid. I don't know, that would mess with anybody's brain because it seems quite the opposite of what your brain would tell you to do. You'd want to get away from the skin. We want to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. And it seems like we should try to get out of the skid. Well, I would venture to say it is the same thought process with trauma, loss, childlessness, etc. We just want to get out of the pain as quickly as possible. And that means going in the opposite direction, not towards the pain, but the way I'm interpreting this quote, I need to turn into the curve, into the skid, until suddenly, one day, you find that you've turned the corner. What do you think? Let me know. Tell me. Tell me on social media or message me, inbox me, and I'll probably let them know, let the other listeners know what your thoughts were. 
And before we continue on here, I also want to thank my Patreon contributors for their monthly financial contributions to the platform. And uh, I wanted to let you know that becoming a patron just got easier. The link patreon.com forward slash childless not by choice is now in the website childless not by choice.net. Just go to the home screen, look to the left below the telephone, and you will see the Patreon link. Clicking the link takes you to the Patreon site where you can choose whichever level of contribution fits your monthly budget. It's that easy. There's a $5 level, $10, $25, $50, and $100. So your contribution is appreciated. Anything that you send in will be used towards the podcast, podcasting fees, hosting fees, everything that I say all the time. That's what this is going to or towards. So thank you very much. By the way, that telephone on the website, there is a link below it that allows you to leave me a 90 second message. So give me a shout out. Tell me what you think about what I said about Helen Keller's quote. Um, You get 90 seconds to tell me something and I may just play your message on a future episode. So let me know what you think. And back to my patrons. I haven't forgotten them. Jordan Morgan, Ivy Calhoun, Sandra Carzado, and the last spot has got your name there. It's not the last spot. It's just the last spot here. <laughs> so there's many spots. Trust me. Your name here. So thanks so much to Jordan, Ivy, and Sandra for your patronage. It is truly appreciated. And I wanted to let you know, if you're thinking about becoming a patron and, you know, don't let this be the changing factor, because I think this is a great idea, but there are more things than even this. This is just the one thing I'm going to tell you right now. I will be creating a private VIP list on my Instagram page at Joy and Relevance. If you are a patron or a Patreon member and you are also on Instagram, follow me at Joy and Relevance. And I will add you to the VIP list, which will allow you to be the first to know whenever there is big news afoot or anything else. Because from time to time, there will be freebies sent out and those are all going to go to the Patreon members, the patrons. So please do consider becoming a patron. And once you do, if you're on Instagram, follow me at Joy and Relevance. And I will add you to the VIP list. If I miss you, tell me so that I can add you to the list because I, it's very possible for me to miss you, trust me, because there's just a million things going on. If you listen to episode 106, you know about what most of those million things are. So be sure to tune into episode 106 so that everything makes sense as we continue forward. Okay, now let's get into the meat of the episode. Life insurance, long-term care, retirement communities, oh my. (laughs) Let's talk about it. But first, please note, while I am life and health insurance licensed in the state of Florida, I am not currently with a firm, so I am definitely not attempting to sell you any product. The things I am about to talk about and discuss are based on my experiences and on research that I did for this episode. And the links to the research are in the show notes. Please, please, please always be sure to check out the show notes. Remember, for this episode, there will be pictures in there of me at PodFest. And there's also always links in the show notes, links to news stories that I think you might find interesting. And in the case of this episode, links to the sites that I found for 
the subject matter at hand, life insurance. So here's the thing. I researched the statistics on how many people have life insurance in the United States. I know that many countries have different forms of insurance or types of insurance. I didn't want to get dug deep down into it, but please, whatever country you're in, just take note of what I'm saying here and see how it equates in your country and make sure that you have the proper coverage. That's the best way I can put it over. And I'm, I'm sure it makes sense. Just make sure that in your country that you're doing the best you can. And uh, listen here and I'll tell you what I mean. So I've got these articles pulled up and we're still newly into 2019. So of course, I'm not going to find anything for 2019 yet. I did look, but let me start with the oldest news first. This is from August 2013. This is an article from Think Advisor, and uh, they talk about the shocking statistics behind the life insurance coverage gap. And uh, on this article, it says most Americans don't have enough life insurance. Many Americans have no life insurance at all. Why? According to research, the most common reason given is that they have competing financial priorities. The second most common reason, they think they can't afford it. You know, we do that a lot to ourselves as human beings. We just assume something. We, we make a lot of assumptions, and it's really too bad. We make assumptions about people. We make assumptions about others. We just make a lot of assumptions, and most times we're completely wrong. Just the other night, off subject a little bit, I was at the store, and I was standing in line, and there was this man standing in line, and he was making me uncomfortable, to be honest with you. He was making me very uncomfortable. And this is in light of the fact um, that there were those recent shootings in New Zealand. And uh, if you are a woman of color, you have done this. I sometimes will wrap my head, but it's not (laughs) for religious purposes. It's because that's what we do. (laughs) Black girls, that's what we do. But it's always very neatly wrapped with a um, nice long wrap with a bun in the back. Very, You guys, you can see my pictures on Facebook. I don't do craziness. I just, I think you should look nice at all times. But where I work, they allow us to do that. So it was a Saturday and I had my hair was a black wrap. Like I said, very nice and tasteful, but it ended up in, in a bun in the back. And I don't know what he was thinking, but he kept, he was just staring at me. And I'm like, oh God, please let me be okay. (laughs) Because he was really making me nervous. And um, as I put my stuff in the cart, the cashier said, you can't take the cart out. You know, sometimes some stores you go to, there's a long pole on the cart. So it keeps you from taking the cart out of the store because people then leave the carts all over the place and make a mess. And then they have to go out and search for the carts. And I said, I know, I understand that. I'm just putting the bags in the cart. I mean, thinking to myself, what else am I going to do with the bags? I have to put them in the cart until I get to the door at least. And I put the bags in the cart, went about my business, got to the door. And the same gentleman turns to me and says, do you need help with anything? And I said, oh, no, I'm fine. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And that was very kind of him. And I remember thinking to myself, he made me so nervous in line. And, you know, you never, you of course want to be careful. You know, you just want to be careful in everything that you do. But it was just amazing that he did make me nervous. And he just, maybe, who knows, maybe he felt badly for what happened to the people in New Zealand. Maybe he assumed something about me that wasn't true. You just don't know. You can't assume things about people. And you can't assume things about this. The second reason that people most don't have insurance, because they think they can't afford it. 
you shouldn't assume things. At least do the research to see if you really cannot afford it instead of just assuming you can't afford it. Anyway, this article continues to say that 44% of U.S. households had individual life insurance as of 2010, a 50-year low. In 1960, 72% of Americans owned individual life insurance policies. That was amazing, an amazing statistic to me. And then he said, they go on to say, 40% of Americans who have life insurance coverage don't think they have enough. Wow. Now, whose fault is that, by the way? Because if they don't have enough, who did they buy their insurance policy from? Who would sell a policy that's not enough? Unless the buyer, the customer, just insists that's all they wanted to buy. I mean, you you can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. But hopefully the insurance agent gave them the full picture. So let me leave that there. So it goes on to say 70% of U.S. households with children under 18 would have trouble meeting everyday living expenses within a few months of a primary wage earner dying. Four in 10 households with children under 18 say they would immediately have trouble meeting everyday living expenses. That doesn't quite pertain to us, but I'm I'm getting to a point here. $15.3 trillion. That's the estimated unmet life insurance need in the United States. $15.3 trillion. Mind you, this article is from 2013. That is crazy. So why aren't people buying more coverage? So this is what they're saying. Unfortunately, many Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. 83% of consumers say they don't purchase more life insurance because it's too expensive, but consumers believe life insurance costs nearly three times the actual price. Did you hear that? They think it's three times more than it really is. $400. It's what most Americans believe a 20-year, $250,000 level term life insurance policy for a healthy 30-year-old costs annually. $150 is what it would actually cost. (laughs) Wow. Now, keep in mind, and we'll get to that in a minute, if you are a person who is single, childless, you're probably not going to get married, then... I don't think you need a $250,000 policy, honestly. They're just, I guess, giving an example. If you're planning on getting married, then maybe yes. You have to look at your individual circumstances. But at 30, maybe you would still be considering getting married. Some of us who are older are like, "Eh, I don't think so. Some people, some of us are like that. So you you just have to think about your individual circumstances. Four hundred dollars is what they think it would be, and one hundred and fifty dollars is what it actually is. Unbelievable! This, the link to this article to this website is in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. And then they say seventy percent of Americans failed a recent ten-question basic life insurance IQ test. Okay, now I did not know there was such a thing. <laughs> I mean, okay. Anyway, maybe it makes sense to take a test like that. Who knows? But okay, so. failed the test. And uh, let me see here. Let me look at this other article because this is the oldest article, as I mentioned. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything in my notes too. Let me see. Let me see. The next article is from September 4th, 2018. So we're getting a little closer to our time frame here, our current time frame. And uh, this is from MarketWatch, this website, MarketWatch. And again, the link is in the show notes. 
says Forrester's Financial believes life insurance is an essential component of people's overall financial fitness. It protects families and can also be a useful savings and investment vehicle. Now, remember, if you are single and childless, you are a family unit. You are still a family. You're a family. You're by yourself. You're your own person. You're head of household for your taxes. Okay. You're filing taxes and you're considered head of household. You are a family. Again, don't make yourself feel less than you are second class, or any of that, you are a family unit unto yourself. So they say here it protects families and can also be a useful savings and investment vehicle. But a new study shows that while 84% of Americans say that most people need life insurance, only 68% say they personally need it. And only 59% own some form of it. Unbelievable. Typical human nature. We know we need it, but maybe not for us, maybe for somebody else. I'm fine. And it kind of leads me to, you know, those group life insurance plans that many people have as part of their benefits at work. Those only work while you're there at the company. And typically it's just enough to pay your burial expenses. You don't take it with you if you leave your job or are fired or anything else. If you're no longer at the company, you no longer have the group life insurance. Bottom line, it's only good while you're there. This is why it's important to have your own plan. Now, keep this in mind. If you have enough saved, you probably do not need a life insurance policy. So nobody's trying to push you into getting policy. Don't let anybody compel you. If you feel like you have enough saved to pay for your final expenses, you probably don't need one. And again, I'm talking to those who are single and childless. And if you are married and childless, it's just the two of you. And you, again, have enough saved to pay your final expenses and your burial expenses. You may not need a policy. But if you become critically ill or ill, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? An illness that leads to death, basically. I don't know why I can't think of the word right now, but you know what I mean. Life insurance policies can come in handy at such times as well. So don't discount it, even if you have a lot of money saved up. The life insurance policy may be what doesn't wipe you out financially if one of you gets really, really ill or ill unto, you know, ill to where they give you so long to live, basically. So don't discount it just because you have a lot saved and it's just the two of you. Again, you have to look at your individual on an individual journey. So those are things to keep in mind. Now, what I was saying is if you have enough saved, then you may not need a policy, but you have to be truthful to yourself. Tell yourself the truth because, again, here's the thing. The average American has about $5,000 in their checking account and about the same in their savings account. Have you checked out how much the average funeral costs? Just add the two amounts together, the checking and the savings that I just mentioned, and you should be all set. Yeah, it costs about ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 for a burial, the average burial. If you are okay with having your final expenses paid for with your savings and checking accounts, then you're all set. If you would rather that money go to something or someone else, a niece, a nephew, a charitable foundation, etc., then a life insurance policy, even a small one, makes more sense. Of course, every individual listening to the sound of my voice is just that, an individual 
with individual needs and responsibilities. Please keep that in mind. I keep saying it, but that's because I don't want you to think I'm trying to tell everyone listening that you need to run out and get a policy. Think about your individual situation. The key is to not leave an undue burden on your family. It's not fair. And unfortunately, it happens every day. People just assume they can't, like I said earlier, they assume they can't afford an insurance policy, so they don't get one, and they just hope for the best. But, last I heard, the death rate is 100%. I don't know about you, but my heart breaks and I get aggravated all at the same time when I see those GoFundMe pages posted when someone passes. I'm like, really? Again? And a lot of times these people were working. Yes, a lot of people are working paycheck to paycheck. I understand that. But I will tell you that I have a policy and it's nothing exorbitant. I had a very huge policy when I was looking at adopting because the adoption agencies told me that I needed to have a rather large policy. It was like, I think it was about the same amount that was mentioned earlier, like $250,000 or something like that. So I got the policy because I was really serious about adopting a child. But when the adoptions fell through, I just let the policy just die out. And that's one of those policies I'm going to talk to you about in just a second. There are two basic types of policies. And unfortunately, I didn't know any better. And I got that one, which was no good. I should never have done it, but I just did not know any better. So as I was saying, what I have now is just what I need. It's nothing huge. The monthly premium equates to about five cups of coffee. Seriously. Now, I will not be able to legally get into the different types of insurance policies, but as I said, there are definitely two types. And there's one type that I like better than the other. In other words, one is a complete and utter ripoff. And the other gives you just what you need. No fuss, no muss, as they say. And uh, so please, please, please do your research. Go to someone reputable for your policy questions. There are literally two types of life insurance policies, at least here in the U.S. Google them and then talk to a professional. Remember, five cups of coffee. If you drink one cup of coffee per day, that is a week's worth of coffee. Really and you thought it would be too expensive. So if you are single and childless, and you do have enough money in savings, or you don't want to use your savings and checking account to pay for it, it sounds so, it doesn't even sound right, does it? To pay for your final expenses, and you decide to get that insurance policy, then you will know for a fact that your loved ones won't have to all chip in and come up with the money to bury you, basically. I mean, I've seen this so many times, so many times. I'm not talking about just the GoFundMe on social media. I'm just talking in real life. I know of people who people have had to chip in to help bury this person. And it it typically falls to one person to do it too. And it's just not fair. And I think that if, if at all possible, do your research, see if you can afford those five cups of coffee and get a policy and know in your heart that your loved ones will, they'll be thankful. They won't have to put their hand out and put up a GoFundMe, the bottom line. So please do consider a life insurance policy. Now, another type of insurance worth researching and obtaining, if you can, is long-term care. 
because we are all living longer due to advances in medicine. Unfortunately, there are also more cases of Alzheimer's and dementia being diagnosed. And I have my opinion on why that's happening, but I'm not going to go into that here. Uh, Whether you get those dreaded diseases or you just become too infirm to fully care for yourself, who will take care of you? If you hire someone to go grocery shopping for you or take you to doctor's appointments, how will you pay them? All of these things should be planned for well before you need them. Even if you're too young to purchase long-term care, it should still be on your list of things to do as you get older. Again, I've put the links in the show notes so that you can check into these different types of insurances on your own. But long-term care is very important because... Again, I can just go so down a rabbit hole here, but especially here in the U.S., if you don't have money set aside for long-term care, insurance, and all that, the only way in many cases for you to get any help from the government is to give up everything you have. So keep that in mind. Think about these things while you still can, while you have your faculties, while you are still making money, and just really think about the long game here. Because as I said, we are all living longer. And that's a wonderful thing. But we still have to be ready for that living longer. I'll just leave it there. There's just so much (laughs) I can talk about that I just want to keep it simple and keep on track because I don't want to... I have to protect my licenses as well. So I just have to stay on track here. Now, about retirement communities... Because this episode basically is based on a poll, by the way, that I put in the group, in the Facebook group, asking the ladies what they wanted me to talk about this year. And uh, this was one of the subject matters. There are several others that we're going to be discussing this year in between some interviews that I hope to do. But this is one of the things that came up in the poll. And so insurance, long-term care, and retirement communities. Retirement communities can vary. You know, they can be different types of restrictions, such as age. Some communities say you have to be 55 or over, that no children are allowed. Maybe some even say no pets, although I don't think I've ever heard of one that said no pets. But anyway, they all have different types of restrictions. So be sure to do your restrictions research as you do your home shopping in your retirement community. What's the big deal about retirement communities? Well, they tend to be communities where people retire with peace and quiet in mind. They create a sense of community because the homeowners tend to be around the same age, maybe similar or different backgrounds, but they have the same goals. Peace, quiet, and safety. I will admit that if you are older or elderly and live in a neighborhood where families are present, you know, people with children, The positives include being in touch with other generations, which I think is wonderful. Having someone to mow your lawn, also wonderful, or shovel your driveway if you're still living in cold climates as an older or elderly person. And, you know, you can mentor younger people when you live in a community with a multi-generation community. The bottom line is you have to decide how you want your elder years to look and then set about planning for that reality. That's the bottom line. Yes, stuff happens. Plans get squashed, as we know, if your child is not by choice. But not planning at all and letting the chips fall where they may when it comes to the rest of your life 
and most importantly, your elder years, it's not a good idea. I am not trying to scare you, but I know you have heard these stories of elders who were mistreated by family and strangers alike. It's heartbreaking to see elderly people being scammed by even people they know and stolen from. I mean, (sighs) unbelievable. So I say plan as best you can to take care of yourself for as long as you can, but have a plan in place for when you will need assistance. Have a plan in place for if you get the aforementioned dreaded diseases. They have facilities for those. They have homes that are somewhere in between your, you living in your own home and living in a nursing home. There are all types of things available out there. You just have to do the research and be ready and don't wait until you need it to know anything about anything. You should do the research for anything that pertains to your life, basically that pertains to your wellness, that pertains to your care, and pertains to your future. Some kind of research should be done. Even if it's just, uh, you know, just a little bit of reading once in a while to get and stay caught up on what's going on so that you can make viable decisions on how you want your future to look. Let me know if you have questions. I will answer them to the best of my ability. But I cannot put my license at risk, so I won't. I realize I may be leaving a lot of money on the table by talking about insurance, being licensed to sell insurance, and then not selling you the insurance, but I want to live the rest of my life outside the confines of a jail cell, (laughs) if you don't mind. (laughs) You know, to this day, when people jokingly, or not, ask for a stock pick, I change the conversation. I'm just not going there. It's not worth it. There's a woman that I love dearly. Everybody knows who she is. She does her different shows and her magazine on homemaking and cooking and baking and all the wonderful stuff. And several years ago, unfortunately, she went to jail. I think it was for insider trading, if I remember correctly. And a lot of people felt like they were making an example of her because they said that she should have known better. Because what many people didn't know about her was way back in her life, she was a stockbroker. And so many people felt like, ah, they're just trying to make an example of her, of sending her away to jail for the amount of time that they sent her away and all that. So I don't want to go down that route. Thank you. (laughs) I just, my license to be a stockbroker has long expired, but the fact is I do know better and I'm not giving any kind of advice any freebie advice, anything outside of what's you can find online. I mean, how to set up an account, how to set up a, a portfolio or whatever. I'm not going to go in depth and in deep on that information because I just, I want to stay out of jail, but thank you. Anyway, like I said, I'll try to answer as many, you know, questions as I can and point you in the right direction. And I don't know if, if I'll ever get back into a firm where I can use my licenses? I I don't know. I mean, I'd hate for them to just go away. My health and life insurance licenses, like my brokerage license did, but for now, I just can't, you know, get too in-depth. And so I I, I know you understand that. I, I hope you do. Again, remember, I hope that this information has been of help to you. I want you to be ready to face your future with knowledge and bravery. Remember to check out the show notes for the links that I use for this episode. 
And those links are a great place to start your research. Please do some research on life insurance and on long-term care and communities. If you want to live in a, um, any of the communities that we mentioned above, do your research. You know, the retirement type communities. And uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, I think there are four links in there. And then there are two links in the show notes of stories that you might find interesting. One of them, they talk about Czechoslovakian women who are likely to remain childless once they meet a certain age. So check out that article. And the other one, let me see here. Hmm, They may both seem a little depressing. Sorry, I didn't mean it to be that way. But the other one says fertility issues raise risk of cancer in women. We don't have to receive all that. But I mean, they're good articles to read just to be in the know. It's good to be in the know. Again, the pictures of me at PodFest will be in the show notes. And I also want to give a special shout out to Devoted Ministries for the music that they provide. Remember to become a patron. And if you're a patron and you follow me on Instagram, I will add you to the Instagram VIP list. And as a patron, there are going to be lots of great freebies and private video time where we can sit and chat online and on the Patreon page. So think about becoming a patron and just know that your money is going towards the content that you're hearing today and all the the content you've heard previously and all the great content that's coming down the line. I was talking to my podcast producer earlier today and I was telling him about some of the content that I have coming up and he was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I was the same way because there is one subject matter that I'm going to be talking about. I said, I might, I might lose some listeners, <laughs> but I'm going to do the best I can with the content for that particular episode and all the episodes coming. Be sure to, to continue to tune in. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and family, especially those who are childless, not by choice, but even those who don't fit the demographic and don't understand what the big deal is and why you can't get over it and what's the matter with you and all of that, share the episode with them. Get them to sit down and listen to at least one episode and maybe the light bulb will go off. I hope it will. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it and I'll see you again in April. In the meantime, if you want to hear anything that's going on, any of the lives or anything, be sure to check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit even, any place that you are on social media, I'm probably there. So April, the third week of April is not that far away when you already see me on social media, right? Right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.